0: Fear has been part of human existence all the way back since the fall of mankind. Genesis 3 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden of the cool, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And watch this, all the way back in the beginning, I was afraid we've all been afraid at one time or another in our life sometimes it seems to me the older i get the more that fear can affect me because i realize how precious and fragile life is when we're young we don't fear anything hardly (laughs) looking back on some things i did i shake my head at myself what were you thinking I think about things that we can be afraid of today. I'm, I'm fearful of, I hate snakes. So you don't ever have to worry about coming into this room and finding snakes. Amen. No, we don't save them for the last Sunday of the month and pull them out. None of that. We don't have them here. <laughs> I hate them. Afraid of them. In fact, me and Stephanie went and did a wedding a few years back. We did the music, I think, at this particular wedding, and we 'd visit rehearsal. This was an outside wedding at a farm, and uh, we were doing something in between songs or taking a break, and I was walking. I glanced over there 's about an eight foot black snake coming this way through the grass she 's over here with me i didn 't think about looking back, making sure she is okay. I run to the car and got in the car like a little girl and left her standing there i don 't like snakes i 'm afraid of them. <laughs> Some people are afraid of dogs. Some people are are afraid of being rejected. Some are afraid of of heights. Um, Some people will not fly in an airplane because of being afraid of heights. That's something I had to get past. And you know, once I got over my fear of flying in the heights, I've been able to experience some views I would have never been able to see go to some places I, I, I would have never been able to go to. Some people are afraid of failing. Some people are fearful of their past. Some people are afraid of catching a disease or are afraid of dying. There are all kinds of fears today, and the enemy will eat you up with fear. And as we're in the midst of the Christmas season it ought to be one of the most joyous times of the year. Everywhere we look, there are the sights and the sounds and the smells of Christmas—the lights and the food and the trees and the family gatherings and the food and the musicals and the and the food and the, you know I've said food a few times. I can tell where I'm, I see some hands going up. The manger scenes, the celebrations of Jesus' birth. One would think that we should be happy and full of hope, but that's not always the case. It can be one of the most fearful, loneliest times of the year, and it can happen because of the due to the loss of loved ones or financial struggles or loneliness or sickness or circumstances that you're in, and it can bring upon us fear. But I've come to remind you today that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of love and power and of a sound mind. The Bible says fear has torments. The enemy will torment your mind and keep you up all hours of the night fearing things. You know what an acronym for fear is? F-E-A-R? False Evidence Appearing Real. Real. You'll be afraid of things and think about things. The devil will put things on your mind that's not even accurate, that's not even true, and he'll eat you up with it. You'll be, you can get sick in your body with it. You, 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 if you're, he'll try to stop you from dreaming again and, and moving forward. He'll try to paralyze you. The enemy will use fear to hinder you to hold you back. But I'm reminded today in the Bible it is said that 365 times there is a fear not in the scripture. And I believe the Lord intentionally put that in the word of God to remind us today that we have no reason to fear. We have no reason to let fear hold us back from doing and being all that God's called us to be. Now, for just a few moments, I'm gonna give you all 365 fear knots and preach a sermonette on them. Is that okay? I didn't get no amen. How about if I just preach on three fear knots? If you don't give me an amen, I'm gonna preach on all of them today. Amen. Come on, help me today. It's Christmas. Smile, somebody. Amen. Let me, let me give you three fear knots, and since it's Christmas, we're gonna take it from the Christmas story. And I hope this will help you today. God sent angelic messengers to earth with messages that would be connected to the birth of his son Jesus. And each time an angel visited and brought news, it was big news, news which terrified, which caused these that, that, that heard the news to, to tremble in fear. I mean, if a big angel just appeared out of nowhere and said, behold, I bring you, and I mean, it would cause me to be afraid, right? They were afraid, but after they got the message, the message came with peace. And three different times, angels would appear, and three times they would speak words after they gave the message of what? Fear not. Maybe there are some things you're battling today that you're afraid of. I want us to examine the message of the angels and learn what it means to fear not for just a moment. In Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26, Luke chapter 1, 26, let me read just a few verses. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to Galilee, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, watch this, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son Look at Mary's situation here at this moment. If Mary was going to be a part of God's plan, the miraculous plan of, of the Lord and Savior Jesus' birth, then she faced the possibility of some uncertainties. She faced the possibility of having her engagement to Joseph being broken off. She knew Joseph would have the legal right to have her even executed. Do you believe that? when it became known that she was pregnant. Even if Joseph would still marry her, she knew people would talk. This was a less than ideal situation for this young Jewish girl to find herself in, but God called on Mary to step out on faith in order to be part of his divine plan. However, being part of the plan cost Mary something. But Mary was willing to step out on faith. Why? Because she knew God loved her and she knew that God had a plan for her life. Now, obviously, Mary had some questions. If she was gonna be a part of this plan, she wanted to know how this was gonna happen. And notice, her question is, how's it gonna happen? In other words, she believed it was gonna happen. She just wanted to know how. How is this gonna happen? I believe it's gonna happen. I believe this miracle is gonna take place. But angel, can you just tell me how it's going to happen? Because Mary said, be it according to your word. Understand when God challenges you and me to step out on faith and be part of his plan, his dream, it's okay to ask some questions. God answered Mary, and he will answer you today. However, God did not give Mary all the details from the beginning to the end. Gabriel, the angel, only gave Mary just enough information so she could make a willing Response, And I want to tell somebody today, God has a plan. God has a purpose for you. And you do not need to be afraid of those plans. Don't be afraid of what he's asking you to do. Don't be afraid of what he's wanting you to do. Don't be afraid to step out and take a risk. We need some risk takers again in the kingdom of God. People who will step out on nothing when God is giving them a nudge and do whatever he's asking them to do. Because on the other side of obedience are miracles. Miracles waiting to take place. Don't be afraid if you don't have all the answers today. Just fear not and only believe. Somebody say believe. Believe. Maybe you say I believe, but like Mary, how? God asked Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, oh, Lord God, only you know. Look at all these dead bones scattered. I believe you can bring them together. I believe you can raise them back as an army. I just don't know how you're going to do it, and I don't need all the details, but I believe you are, so I trust you today, and I want to be part of your plan. Abraham and Sarah at age 100, God gave them a plan and a promise of a son. They had no idea how in the world it would happen. They just believed, and it happened. At the wedding of Canaan, they ran out of wine and don't know how it was gonna happen, but Jesus was in the place, and all they had to do was believe. Hungry, people with 5,000 to feed and only five fish and two loaves of bread. Don't know how the miracle's gonna take place, but you know what? We're just gonna believe in Jesus and he did it. Jesus came walking on water and Peter wanted to go to him and Jesus said obey, come, step out. He didn't have all the details and don't know what he just stepped out on the water and started walking. I've just simply come to tell somebody and you know who you are today. I know there's somebody here today that the the Lord has been dealing with you on something. He's been nudging you in your spirit and you've been holding back and afraid to step out. But I hear the Holy Ghost say and tell him today, preach it to him today. Only believe, do not be afraid today, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Don't be afraid, only believe. That's the first fear not. Let me give you a second one. This one comes out of the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Listen to this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. we don't really put a lot of emphasis or think a whole lot about the emotions that Joseph must have had during that time. The things that he had to deal with in order to submit to God's plan. To Joseph, there seemed only two possible uh, solutions to the situation he found himself in. He could separate from Mary. He could put her away quietly, secretly. Send her away until the baby was born or... He could separate from her publicly, subjecting her to ridicule, shame, humiliation out in public. And this option back then would have resulted in Mary's death according to Old Testament law in Deuteronomy 24. But according to the scripture, while he thought, while he pondered, while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, fear not to take Mary to be thy wife and the Bible doesn't say a lot about Joseph but we know one thing in spite of all the cultural expectations on him and all of the practices and rules back then Joseph listened to God and Joseph obeyed the voice of the Lord and I'm sure that he must have thought I don't understand all of what I've been told I sure can't explain everything but if it's God's will come on count me in we need some Josephs today in the kingdom of God who don't understand Understand it all of what they're being asked to do but simply say God here count me in amen so don't be afraid don't be fearful of God's purpose for you only obey only believe only obey cooperate with God Paul tells us in Romans 8 and we know that all things work together for what good to who those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. There's all kind of examples of obedience throughout the Bible. When the children of Israel walked around the walls of Jericho, they were told to walk around uh, uh, and they were given all these instructions which seemed crazy. Walk around so many days. Walk around so many. Shout on the seventh day, the seventh time around and blow the trumpet. Amen. say Probably if they thought about all that, it didn't make a lot of sense. You mean we're going to do this in these fortified walls that chariots can race around on their sofa think are going to fall no they didn't they didn't refuse they didn't try to figure it out they just obeyed somebody say obey the widow at Zarephath was, she obeyed and made the prophet the last cake even though she used everything they had and she knew her son and herself would die. She didn't take time to strategize it. She only obeyed and then a miracle came. Naaman was told if he wanted to be cleansed of leprosy to obey and dip in the river seven times. He didn't take time to try to figure out all that. He just obeyed and the healing came. Come on somebody. The man whose hand was withered and needed healing in a miracle was told to stretch it forth he could why not do it this way no no send me to the do-. no he obeyed and when he simply obeyed his hand was made whole I've come to t- I feel like preaching at Christmas right now somebody God is calling you and telling you and nudging you and you've been afraid to obey it is your time to obey because on the other side of believing and obedience are miracles waiting for you Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to give you one more. In Luke chapter 2, somebody say, obey, believe, and now say, I'm important to God. Now look at your neighbor and tell him you're important to God. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Why were these shepherds afraid? Well, the truth is, ordinary people have always displayed fear when they are confronted with the reality of God. Because coming face to face with the Almighty has a way of making one face up with who they really are in those moments. Amen. But the appearance of the angels to the shepherds tells me today, and it needs to tell you today, no matter how insignificant, no matter how ordinary you think you may are today, God knows you and you are important to him and God has a plan for your life and God wants to use you to do big things for him. I believe that today. Shepherds were just common Ordinary folk. They were not of the social elite status. They were just common working people of their day and absolutely they were afraid. They were probably terrified but they made the decision, hey, we're gonna be part of God's plan and they acted in faith and they came, the Bible says, in a hurry or with haste and when they did, they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. God would use common Ordinary shepherds to witness this supernatural event and then to spread it around into abroad. Maybe you're here this morning and you know God's got a plan for you, but maybe somebody's afraid to move forward because you feel insignificant, you feel ordinary, you feel common you feel just like you're nothing maybe you are saying and you're letting the enemy eat you up with fear right now why me what I I don't have a good past I don't even have a good name you don't know what I've been through I I don't I've got this speech problem I've got this problem Oh, Moses gave examples and reasons but look how God used him come on somebody has got to get past this fear today somebody's got to obey somebody needs to believe Somebody needs to understand that you are important to God. I don't care if you don't feel important to anybody else. You need to understand you are important to the potter and the master and the creator of this universe today. Look at Mary. She was not wealthy, educated, not the most fashionable. She didn't come from some royal lineage. But God chose her to carry his son. Look at Joseph. He was not wealthy, not proud. He was humble. And God chose him to be his son's earthly father. Look at those shepherds, just common, ordinary, working class people. But the announcement did not come to the king's did not come to the high priest, did not come to the Sanhedrin, but came to them, common shepherds. And they would witness this event and be charged to spread the news. Think about others in the Bible, David, young shepherd boy. God would use him. He would kill a lion and a bear, slay Goliath and become the king of Israel. Gideon, with only 300 men, would defeat the Midianites. Moses, with a stuttering problem, trembling in fear, didn't want to do what God had called him to do. God would raise him up to lead the children out of Egyptian bondage. What about the little maiden lady who who told Naaman about the prophet Elijah? And Naaman knew a God, a God who could heal his disease. What about the little common lad that showed up on that hillside one day when Jesus was speaking and thousands were there hungry and Jesus would use him and his little lunch to feed the thousands? See, God uses humble, common people. And you may say today, God, why me? Why me? And you're letting fear hold you back because you think you are a nobody. But I've come to tell you, you are a somebody today. No matter what you think and no matter because the, the greatest king of kings and Lord is the one who fashioned you and formed you and give you gifts and ability. And you need to quit beating yourself up today and talking yourself down because if God can use Joseph and God can use a little virgin and God can use David and God can use Gideon and God can use a little maiden lady he can use you and you and you and God is wanting to use you to do great things begin to think about what about God if you want to use us what about our church what about us what about this place today you may say God why me but also why use this place think about Bethlehem it was not a political center it wasn't a capital, it wasn't a great walled city, not an international place, not a resort. But watch this: God uses places how he did. God used a borrowed room for the Last Supper. God used that hillside to feed five thousand plus. God used a borrowed tomb for Jesus. God would use a dungeon where many of the epistles would be written. God would use a simple bush and set it on fire to get Moses' attention. God would use a lonely field where Jacob would wrestle for his blessing. God would use a wilderness where Gideon would find the Lord's will. God would use a place called the island, a little island called Patmos, where John would receive God's revelation I've come to tell you don't let the place or the person oh come on hear me hear my heart don't let who you think you are and the place you're in think it's all insignificant and too common for God to use that's the places and people that God will use to do the greatest things today and you may be saying why me and why here What have I got? What do I have that you can use? What about the manger? It was no place of beauty. No medical hospital. Not clean. It was a feeding trough. What about the swaddling clothes? It was not a royal robe. No name brand outfit. God would even take Samson to take a jawbone, a jawbone of a donkey insignificant, just a jawbone and he would use that to slay a thousand Philistines. Moses would take a simple shepherd's staff and raise it up and the Red Sea would part. As the worship team comes this morning, I simply must tell you again, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for for this church. Look at your neighbor and help me preach and say he's preaching to you. Tell him God has got a plan for you. God wants to use you. God wants to use us. And he has given us, no matter how how insignificant things may seem, he's given us things to use. Hear me today, church. The enemy wants to use everything he can through fear to paralyze you. To torment you. To keep you from fulfilling God's plan for your life today. He wants to do everything he can to keep you from believing God and his plan. And obeying God and his plan. And understanding that God wants to use you as part of his plan. You're important to him. See Mary and Joseph were, and the shepherds were like us Today. They were afraid at times. It's natural. But we must understand fear doesn't come from God. The enemy uses it to discourage, to hinder, and to cause us to give up. Fear is real. And fear will come. And maybe some of you this morning are fearful of some things right now. Well, the word of the Lord to you through this Christmas story is fear not. You just got to believe. Fear not. You just need to obey. Fear not. You're important. You're somebody special to God. Three times the angels came. And three times there was a reaction based in fear. But when the fear was dealt with and the Lord's message was allowed to come through, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds responded to the plan with faith, faith. And when they, they believed and obeyed and understand, hey God, use me. I'm willing, I'm ready. The greatest plan of all time was fulfilled and Jesus Christ was born. How many of you today want to fulfill God's plan for your life, for your family, for your business, for your ministry, for this church? Come on, give him a good praise if you do. Hallelujah. Now how many of you don't have to raise your hand and clap on this, but if you're honest with yourself, How many of you would admit today that you've been letting fear hold you back? Been letting fear hold you back. It's time that we deal with that fear in this service today. The Lord has sent. Lord, have mercy. I'm no angel today. You can ask my wife. (laughs) But I do believe I've got a word from the Lord today. And it's to fear not. Fear not.